0: Y'all have no idea how they do me. Y'all don't. So we're planning this worship service. We know we got all these baptisms, so we're slotting them in and that kind of stuff. And they come to me and go, Mike, you're going to end up with about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I don't have 10 minutes. But that's what they told me. So now I've got 10 minutes of stuff that I've got to make go 20 See, I think they do that. Just say, "Well, let's see how he does with this one." Just (laughs) uh, a bunch of years ago, a friend of mine and his wife were having their first child. In the middle of the delivery, his wife yelled out, "This is so hard!" And the nurse next to her leaned in and said, "Honey, this is the easy part. (laughs) It's the next 18 years that are hard." (laughs) You would think coming out of the nation of slavery, being liberated from, from Egypt, would be the hard part. No. Okay. Y'all can hear him, right? I can hear him. Okay, I just want to make sure y'all heard him, because if y'all heard him, you're good. You would think coming into a land promised to you, okay? I'm going to give you the promised land. The problem was there were people already living in the promised land. Part of the judgment against those living in the promised land was that God was giving their land to someone else. That was part of God's judgment on those lands of Canaan who had chosen not to believe in God. You would think that would be the hard part. Oh, no. No. They're just now coming to the place where it's hard. You mean coming out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea and getting free from Pharaoh? No, that wasn't the hard part. You mean crossing the Jordan and facing all of these foreign nations and armies from every hind, every tree and on top of every hill. That's not the hard part. No. This is the hard part. And it starts now in Deuteronomy 6. Stand with me as we read this famous passage. Listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These words I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand. Let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on the gates of your city. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Like the early church in the first century, trying to find life in the Roman Empire, Like the nation of Israel crossing Jordan, we find ourselves in a hostile land, and now we hear the news that it is hard. Strengthen us through your spirit that we may be a people who thrive on hard things, and we pray this in your name, amen. Now. It depends on your interpretation of when you think Deuteronomy was written. And there are two very, very strong things. One is that this was an original document, uh, much less uh, Exodus and Numbers, part of those first five books. But there's another thought that says, listen, when Assyria had fallen and had kind of had its time and was stepping off the stage of history, Judah found itself free for the first time in generations. King Josiah was leading a renaissance, a reformation. And there is thought that there was a priest who copied what was found in the first four books into the book of Deuteronomy. That's when you read Deuteronomy, you think, gosh, I've already read all of this in numbers and Leviticus and Exodus and Genesis. Yes, yeah. Copied all of that in a better form for his people at his time and slid it in the rubble of the temple that they're now repairing. And as they repaired the temple, they discovered a new book that was written for their time. And the beginning of it is chapter 6. I want you to remember everything God has done for you. And now as you come into this new land, as you come into this new opportunity, here's the first thing I want you to hear. It's hard. The word here, the the visual of this passage is chiseling. Uh, The way an artist would chisel a statue out of a block of stone. That's the image teach your children, chisel your children so that they recognize that the Lord their God is one. It's the thing that you talk about all the time when you're walking on the road, when you're sitting in your home, when you're getting up, when you're going to bed. This conversation, this constant chiseling happens all of the time. It is a tough moment, isn't it? When as a parent, you realize this is a life sentence. Even if this child moves out of your house, they're always yours. You're always dad. And you can tell by the way they say dad when you pick up the phone, what the issue is going to be. There's a difference between dad and dad. There's a difference. <laughs> it's still going to be hard. It's just going to be hard in a different way. Being a parent is hard. Discipling those who have just committed their life to Christ is hard. Okay? Uh, one of the things that, that the, the pandemic did was it disabused us of the idea that we can do digital discipleship. Uh, You can't do discipleship any other way but life on life. Now, you may can can watch something and then discuss it, or maybe you can read something and discuss it, but sooner or later, there has to be a conversation where it is life on life. There's no shortcut, no other way to do it. It's hard. Now, the reason I'm hammering on this hard is because a lot of us have been defeated by this one word hard. When you realize what you wanted to accomplish, what you wanted to do next was hard. You come here in the worship service. You hear David Hamilton play. You're moved. You want to play the piano. You do. I, how hard can it be, right? Then you sign up for lessons, and you find out you are years from playing the piano. Years. We're going to learn scales. We're going to learn music theory. We're going to learn hand positions. We're going to learn how to move your fingers, and you're going to have to practice this finger thing even while you're sitting by yourself watching TV. If you want to learn how to play the piano, it's hard. That's why most of us don't play. We want to. It's just hard. So you want to get in shape. I don't even have to tell this joke, do I? Y'all just go ahead and laugh. All right? Sign up for the gym, get a trainer. And about 10 minutes of your training, what you're thinking is, Jesus, if you'll let me out of here alive, I promise I will never come back. I promise. How many of you have left the gym and never gone back? You went one time. Huh? Right? It's hard raising children is hard couple of reasons. One, they aren't born full grown. They're not born knowing the ways of the Lord. You have to teach a child to share. You don't have to teach a child to grab. They know that. And it is amazing, isn't it, how this beautiful child you held in the hospital now becomes this demon from hell. Who is this child ragging on their their crib screaming at me at two in the morning? And what did I do wrong that you're this mad? So you have to chisel who they are called to be out of who they are born. And it is constant. This is what you talk about when you're in the car together. This is what you talk about when you're grocery shopping together. This is what you talk about while you're watching television. This is what you talk about while you're doing chores around the house. This is the constant thing, this constant chiseling. One, because there's a lot of ways to do it wrong, and there's one way to do it right. There's one way to put on a pair of pants. But when your little boy is learning how, he can find a lot of ways to do it wrong. Comes out of the room. Daddy, I'm dressed. Appreciate the effort there, my man. But I don't know how you got your pants on inside out and backwards, but you did. There's a lot of ways to do it wrong. One way to do it right. So there's this constant saying of no. That's not quite it. This is the way. Now do it this way. No, you will say no a thousand times for every time you say yes. And you will find yourself saying, I am so tired of saying no. Tough. Raising a child in the image of Christ is hard. It's hard too because nothing in the world helps you. The entire current of world thought, of world teaching, of world desires is against the best for your child. The world is out to destroy our children. Make no mistake about it. They get on social media, and they start comparing themselves to each other. And in this horrible moment when they realize they can't keep up, they're tempted to take their own life. Suicide rate among teenagers is through the roof because our world would rather destroy them. Don't kid yourself. This is war, and it's hard. You can't give up and assign the spiritual teaching of your children to spiritual professionals. I took them to church. Aren't aren't y'all paid to do that? My spiritual teachers were my mother and my father. The most influential people in my faith were my mother and my father. The soundtrack of my life is all of the hymns in the hymn book because that's what my mom played on the piano. And If you were in our home, you heard a hymn. That's why I know all the words. It was chiseled into me. I learned to love scripture from my dad interrupting me on Saturday night. My brother and I would be in the den watching television and my dad would come in and go, boy, let me show you what I've just found. And he would teach a Sunday school lesson. And my brother and I learned, just sit there and be quiet. He'd go away. (laughs) But if you said anything, well, that would just fire him up more. He'd be there all night. So just let him rock. He'd go away. But what didn't go away was the love of Scripture that I saw he had that infected me. This is what you talk about when you walk through the day before you tuck them in at night when you wake them up in the morning. Why? Because the world they live in is hard. You know what it takes to make a lot of, to make a diamond A lot of time and a lot of pressure. A lot of time and a lot of pressure. Joseph told his brothers one time, when they realized who he was there in Egypt, what you meant to destroy me, God meant for good. The pressure you put on me, To destroy my life is the pressure God used to make me the diamond I am. The pressure the world puts on our families, the pressure that the world puts on our children, the pressure that the world puts on you and me will be the same pressure that God uses to make diamonds. And it's worth it. It's worth it. Sooner or later, you'll be sitting in the front porch of some retirement center. Oh, it's coming. I was with my mom one time when she was dealing with Alzheimer's, and I, she asked me something. I said, oh, Mom, I forgot. She says, forgot. Don't say forgot around here. They'll put you in the home. <laughs> and you're going to look back on your life. If you can look back on your life and you you can say, I did everything that was possible. I did everything humanly possible. I was faithful to my calling. I was courageous in my fight. You'll be okay. What you can't live with is I wish I had a." I wish I'd been more loving. I wish I'd been more forgiving. I wish I'd been more gracious. I wish I'd been more brave. You can't live with, I wish I had her. You see, here's what the world won't tell you. It's hard either way. It's hard in the discipline to become the diamond you're called to be, or it's hard living with the regret of knowing what could have been. So which hard do you want? God wanted his children to know as they came into this new land. Get this through your head. It's hard. He wanted the early church to know and the struggles of the Roman Empire. Get this through your head. It's hard. Pick up your cross Pick up your cross and follow me. It's hard. But at the end, it's worth it. You and I just get to choose when we want to face hard. But don't kid yourself. It's hard. Let's pray together. Maybe hard has defeated you. Maybe you started out with good intentions. Maybe you started well, and now you quit. And this is the time to engage again. Now that you know what you know, now that you know it's hard, okay, let's re-engage again. We'd love to help you with that next step. We'd love to help you in that conversation. Our ministers will be waiting for you at the Welcome Center just outside to your right. Maybe this is the first step. You come. We'd love to pick up that conversation. You meet us at the Welcome Center. However the Lord has come to you, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now the choices we make are exactly what you want.